BD. That was enthusiastic, especially compared to um, the particular topic of this uh, this podcast. How uh, are you? I'm um, just, you know, it's it was uh, uh, it, it, it sucks. It sucks, but it, you know what? They did a good job of it. Okay, I think overall. What do you? Where, 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 what were your thoughts on the whole thing? Should we mention what we're talking about? Probably. Um, so obviously we're... Uh, Daniel Bryan retired. Daniel Bryan officially retired. Yeah. After a weird day of news. Yeah, really. Um, let's... You know what? Let's get that out of the way so that we can talk about Bryan. Uh, this will be used uh, as, as a teaching aid going forward um, to illustrate how nobody who's not in WWE knows fuck all about fuck all. I don't know how they've done it, and it's not like they succeed in keeping things quiet 100% of the time, mm-hmm. but they've pretty much proven that when they want to, um, they can keep things pretty good in-house. Because um, for, for weeks I was reading, like, oh, Brian wants out of his contract, he wants to work in Japan, he wants to do this, he wants to do that, and WWE won't let him. Mm-hmm. Um, escalating yesterday to where they were saying they they're basically won't let him out of his contract because he legally doesn't have the right to ask for his release. And uh, I, to, to be fair, I don't know who came up with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, I, I, apparently now, that, that's all bullshit from what I'm understanding. Well, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with, um, I think, I think WWE just didn't want to, uh, um, it's not that they necessarily wanted to keep him in contract, under contract, it's just they were just waiting until some type of finalized decision was made, and I think, um, uh, Brian was in that same boat, like, I think he wanted to come wrestle, I mean, obviously from that speech yeah. last night, we, we all saw that, I don't think he was held in any type of like odd predicament when it came to um, letting him out or you know uh, letting him out of his contract uh, or keep him, keeping him in. I think they they were both the company and Daniel Bryan I think were in this case were trying to do what they could for both benefits. Um, yeah. And and they just it just um, I, I mean I guess you could say it didn't work out but I think it did work out uh, the way that it was supposed to. I mean, if if the dude can't wrestle, oh, then absolutely. If the dude can't wrestle, then you know. I mean, I know the WWE got a big boost of ratings um, last night, but I think they would have definitely preferred keeping Daniel Bryan in the company to wrestle, uh, and the overall long term yeah. benefit of that over this one time rating boost of last night. Well, and it's interesting, you know, um, Bryan, like it, it turns out. And I, I think WWE lets these rumors go around without really bothering to confirm them because it keeps... I think they work the, the internet a little bit in their own subtle way by not responding. Uh, you know, they keep that interest out there, uh, you know, especially for a storyline like Daniel... You know, a real-life storyline like Daniel Bryan versus WWE, which ended up not being real because, it, you know, it was such a successful fake storyline for them going backwards. Well, fake slash real, depending on how you want to look at it. But the interesting thing... Um, was that apparently WWE wasn't off base at all. You know, these rumors are went back as far as, as months and months and months ago about how he's ready to go and WWE won't let him go. And then the speculation comes out about, you know, whether they know he's going to be, you know, they don't want him to get cheered over Roman. They don't want this. They don't want that. And, I mean, maybe those things, I think it's easy for people to, to believe because it is something WWE would do 
or it seems like something that they would do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know, a bit of, like you know, let's you got to let them off the hook now. I don't think WWE did anything wrong in the Daniel Bryan thing. Not with what's coming out now. What, what do you think? No, I, I I agree with that. Um, I don't I don't think that anything wrong was done at all. I think everything was handled fairly perfectly. So Daniel Bryan, uh, his career as a wrestler is over. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, concussions are nothing to fuck around with. So even for just that alone, uh, mm-hmm. it's good that he's getting out what he can. Um, even though it wasn't necessarily his decision, I always kind of like when guys leave them wanting more, you know, when they go out at the top versus you know, a whimper, which is going <laughs> to, which is looking like what's going to happen to Chris Jericho <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. Like they, they drag it out too long. Um, I will say that, you know, the last two years, we haven't seen Brian a lot. Uh, and in that time, we've had a lot of great guys come up, um, Styles, Owens. Um, we never really got a lot of good uh, shield uh, Ambrose or Shield Brian stuff, um, other than the one with uh, Roman and Brian. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's other guys too, Costa, Del Rio, you know, so many guys. I would have really liked to have seen Brian fight those guys. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that could have been so much for those guys. Like, I know it wasn't a possibility. I'm not saying it's anybody's fault. But it would have been really nice if we could have, uh, like, if I, if I had a wish list for Brian, it wouldn't even be so much, you know, I want him to win WrestleMania again. As mm-hmm. much as I would have liked that, I think what I would have liked more than anything if Brian had kept wrestling is to wrestle AJ, is to wrestle Owens, is to wrestle Ambrose. What about you? I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, like, I think, I think there's a little bit of merit to to this whole um Daniel Bryan should change his style or whatever um yeah i mean there i i mean considering his condition i mean obviously i'm not saying like universally all wrestlers should change their style but like for his particular condition i mean maybe um if he had changed his style a little bit beforehand um maybe he would have had a longer career i don't know Shawn Michaels did it yeah exactly i mean Shawn it's Michaels did it i'm it's it's I feel like it, it, it's it's a little um, it, it's hard to put this in the words. I feel like even the matches that we have we may be missing out on right now um, because of his retirement um, is very much like kind of a lower point because of his health. Like no, I I, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's just that's just how I personally feel. Like I'm I felt really sad about. Daniel not being able to, you know, do what he wants to do, but at the same time, like, I would much rather he be in good health and show up once in a while um, to cut, you know, cut a promo or something, um, rather than him, like, being hospitalized or, God, you know, God forbid, any worse than that. No, I hear you. I'm just saying how much would you have liked to seen, have seen those matches? Like, you're right. This is by far a better scenario if his health yeah. is where I'm just saying how much would you have liked, with how much talent they've had come up in the last couple of years, you know, how much would you have loved to have seen Daniel Bryan fight those guys? I think it would have been fantastic. I, I really do. Um, but, I mean, it's the same, same sense as, like, you know, I'd love to see CM Punk fight these guys too. But I think, like... No, you're right. 
I think um I think Brian and Punk are both like kind of seen as the godfathers of this new talent that's being ushered in. Um, right. To the uh, like at the obviously the uh, NXT class um, of wrestlers that are coming in right now, um, and that whole thing. I think they were definitely the catalysts of uh, of these guys coming up, like the Shield and and uh, you know AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, and it's it's really interesting because um, as much as I I would have loved to see to have seen these matches. The fact that Brian and Punk are not are not necessary are not in the uh, in the company anymore to wrestle, it kind of puts them on a higher plateau that they def they they richly deserve to be like they yeah, need, they I they agree. definitely need to be there, but it, it, like it puts it in that them in that status, and um, not to say that they wouldn't necessarily have been uh, in that status anyway, even if they did continue to wrestle, but um, it just it, it kind of just makes them like kind of in this untouchable plateau with um because and, and they should be because honestly without without the two of them um we would not have seen like the roster as as like full of talent as it is today well and you know they'll never acknowledge that with punk at least not to the degree that they should but i i think you're right you know my early, like, i i remember when brian signed with wwe and i absolutely could not believe that brian signed with wwe and it's sort of like when we talked about with aj and you know how how worried are you that they're going to mishandle him well back then the only guy that they'd really signed with that kind of talent uh was punk and we saw how they were handling him so there really was no there really was no proven track record with how they handle really good wrestlers who've gotten over other places. Uh, so, you know, it's why we're less worried now because Brian and Punk did open the door. And I think for me, like Brian and Punk were the only guys to watch on a, on a show that was a hundred, let me rephrase that 75% worse than it is now. Uh, and watching Brian and Punk get continually mishandled. And this is why I, this is why I'm such a huge fan of Brian's career uh, is because he won WWE. Mm -hmm. And not many guys can win WWE. Like when you beat uh, Triple H, Orton, mm -hmm. and Batista in one night clean at WrestleMania for the title, that is up, like that is right up there uh, with the with the most prestigious thing that anybody's ever done. And Daniel Bryan got to do it and he wasn't supposed to do it. Yeah. It was never supposed to happen that way. He was never even supposed to get close to that level. Um, but they made it, you know, the, the, it was something that the fans made happen because they recognized talent. And that was so exciting to watch because I always thought that Bryan was so talented. And, you know, the same thing with, I, I would say literally the exact same thing about CM Punk, but Punk, well, he did get very close, and I think he should have been there. He never really got there, whereas Brian did. Yeah. Like, we talked about this before. I prefer Punk to Brian, mm. just sort of as a complete package. It's very close. Uh, but I think I do prefer Punk. But Brian, I think he, I think he surpassed Punk in that way. I think, you, he, you think? I think he surpassed Punk because of Punk. I think um, no, well, for sure. For I, I think sure. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, a punk is definitely a little more up my alley, uh, just personally. Uh, yeah, and that, that takes away nothing from Brian. I love Daniel Bryan, but um, it's just it, it's it's interesting because I think the uh, the the bitterness uh, that the fans um, held for punk not being pushed, it like it 
all like helped. It helped. I mean, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't the main escalation, but it definitely helped in building um, Brian's uh, fan base, like or the 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 power of his fan base to to propel him to the status that he got to by WrestleMania 30. Um, I mean, it's it's. Um, I think I think the two of them helped each other greatly. Uh, it was sad to see CM Punk leave, but you know, it's you know we all. I'm sorry. They broke him, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he yeah, they definitely did, and I, I understand why he did that. But like after Punk left, it was just you know you always felt like well at least we had Brian, um, and and in that time mm-hmm. more guys came up. Yeah, and that's where I think what you're saying is so valid. Like with Punk and Brian, like I I I, I you know you said you know it might have happened anyway. Yeah, it might have, but you know I don't necessarily know that it would have. I don't know that we would have got the good parts of the well. I shouldn't say that. All the parts of the shield were good. But I don't know if we would have got Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose if it hadn't been for Punk and Brian. I don't know that we would have got Kevin Owens and AJ and Joe if it wasn't for uh, Punk and Brian. I don't know that we necessarily would have. And, you know, Punk hasn't been around for a couple of years now. And now Brian's gone, at least in a wrestling role. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, just going back to the things we would have liked to have seen, you know, after Brian won the belt, I think we, it was around the time we started the show, and yeah. I think it was a real bummer when Brian got hurt so close after he won that belt. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, um, like, I, I, think, I think we kind of reached a foregone conclusion, especially after Brock beat Undertaker, that Brian was going to lose to Brock at WrestleMania. Or at SummerSlam, the following yep. SummerSlam. Yep. And I think even if you did that, I think Brian still, after getting on that level of WrestleMania, if they didn't able to do it, if he hadn't been hurt, I think that, you know, having him work with some of these guys that are coming up now, work with your Ambrose's, you know, and even maybe still do the thing with Roman. I think that's really the only other thing that I would have wanted to see out of Brian after how long he has been wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... Given that we got that, given that he won, you know, won WWE, as I like to put it, at least in my mind, Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it makes it not so much a tragic story. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, what makes it not a tragic story is that he's getting out before anything serious happens to him. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, career wise, nobody would have ever thought Brian would have made it to where he got to in WWE. And and um, and another thing that I like to point out is that I think Daniel Bryan's a, is a very clear cut case of the whole um, duration is not everything. Um, duration does not make a career uh, valuable. Um, it, it, what what makes a career valuable is impact. Impact is way more important than duration. And you know I, I know you and I and the class. Oh, God, can we get through a podcast without us getting into war with the classy boys? Um, but uh, but I know I know like there's this whole con- like this whole mentality that uh, that Joel and uh, Chris have about um, you know well they haven't been in there long enough well you know they haven't been I mean I'm not trying to say that point isn't necessarily valid but like the the stock that that's put into duration is is a little ridiculous. Um, and I think Daniel Bryan is like a, f- a fucking like, p- like clear cut case of that, like a clear cut example of this, where he ha- he wasn't in the WWE for that long. It was like, no. and and he wasn't making an impact for that long. To be no, to be honest, really he well. he, ma- he made way more impact in Ring of Honor than he ever did. In, oh, yeah. Like as far as duration wise, than he ever did in WWE. But 
the level of impact that he made is immeasurable. Is literally co compared to um, basically every other person on the roster that he uh, that was in the roster while he was in the roster, like an an active part of the roster. Like maybe uh, Punk. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was. I think I was listening to the same thing Eric would say. I mean, I'm like you know, obviously besides Punk, um, I can't think of anyone else who who's made that much of an impact. You know, like. And and I think his impact eclipses Punk's because it it definitely was like, it was showcased at like such a grander scale, like you said, beating Trips, uh, Batista and Orton in one night. That entire four, that entire half a year span from SummerSlam all the way up to WrestleMania, was just so impactful, like way more than yeah, basically anything that I can remember. Even more impactful than like, um. Punk cutting his uh, his shoot promo or whatever, and you know, and and I and I love the shoot promo, and it definitely did make something of an impact. But like, I think Daniel Bryan is going to be looked at as the main catalyst for the reason why um, these NXT stars are coming up, like that people love, like that that are just really good workers and and just all around good workers. They've been given this opportunity because of the way that Daniel Bryan achieved his success and the impact that he has made yeah. and, um, in, in WWE. Well, and, and let's bust a myth while we're talking about Bryan here. Um, mm. It's, 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 it's commonly looked at that, um, that they got, in, you know, Bryan was over because of the chant. I've seen that. Now the chant is genius. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll call it what it is. But let's not forget, Brian was well over before that. Yeah. Brian was over when they had him playing the awkward guy in between the two Bella twins. Brian was Brian was over when they get when when they did NXT the first time, and mm -hmm. WWE said, "Oh, you like Daniel Bryan, do you? Okay, here's this other asshole that you don't care about, which is yeah. Barrett." And <laughs> they then proceeded to fire him for doing exactly what he was told to do. Mm -hmm. and he, the, the crowd chanted his name. He'd been in the company like four months. The crowd chanted his name on shows when he wasn't with the company anymore. Mm -hmm. it, you know, Brian got over in the same way that Punk got over on his own, you know, because Punk was over before the pipe bomb too. Now, yes, and the pipe bomb, they took that stuff to another level, but without that work that they'd put in beforehand, like people loved the Straight Edge Society. People loved Heel Punk. Yeah. People loved Babyface Punk. He was just mismanaged, you know, and uh, it's, 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 that that's that's so rare, and I think you know, with I think the next guy that we could see this type of thing because WWE is not great at word learning at their mistakes. They got better, but you can even see it now with AJ. They're handling AJ better. I'm not saying that means he's going to do the exact same thing. I well, hope he does. I mean, he's that remains like it's it's, it's. I think it's I think it's it's very um, telling. I think I think you're 100 right that they're they've gotten better, um, even though like it just seems like they only have one foot in the door and the other foot still out like kind of cuz i mean AJ Styles is a is a prime example of this he's in a feud with Jericho and the Miz you know it's yeah it's yeah. it's i think you're 100% right and i think the as far as the yes chant goes the yes chant was basically just a it wasn't Brian was not over because of the yes chant the yes no. chant was over because of Brian like that yes chant, if you yeah. associated that chant with anyone else, it would never have made it. It just wouldn't. Yeah. And 
It I, th I think it would have helped anybody else. It would have helped them a little bit. Yeah, but, but I, like it wouldn't push them. That's up. it. Yeah, like to say that the yes champ pushed Daniel Bryan is ridiculous because honestly, they would have latched. You could have had Daniel Bryan latch onto anything, and they would have. The crowd would have chanted for it. You know, the if Daniel Bryan would have just said popsicles, you would have heard the fucking crowd say popsicles and just you know, like if that was his thing, they yeah. would have just kept chanting. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's the thing. Um, they were chanting "Hug it out." for Daniel Bryan when he was in an <laughs> angle with Kane. And Kane, Kane did really well in that angle, too. I'm not taking anything away from Kane. But I'm just saying, like... Absolutely. Um, I, I think they would have chanted for anything if it was associated with Daniel Bryan. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's the other way around. The, the, chant, the yes chant was... Daniel Bryan owes nothing to the yes chant, if that makes any sense. I think you're right. I, I, I think, you know, like I said, I think that they were over before that. I, I think, uh, I think it helped him. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was, a I, I think, it, I think it was the best way to look at it is it was a just, just another tool in his belt, mm -hmm. just another tool in his belt to show just how over he was because they're doing it at actual sports games. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was, it was amazing. Um, So uh, just you know to, to, to close it out, uh, favorite uh, moments or matches of, of Brian's you want to go over? Like the, what, what sticks out, what sticks out in your mind? Moments or matches, whatever you got. I know we didn't get a whole lot of them, but I really, really like Brian Danielson um, and Chris Hero uh, back yep. in his ROH days, Brian Danielson and punk um, when it, during his WWE days. Um, Obviously, yeah. his his very great. Um, his his very underlooked feud with Punk for the title. Uh, I love those matches. Those matches were like the highlight of the summer. Um, and you know, and this match probably doesn't get a lot of praise, but um, I liked his match with with Triple H at WrestleMania, and I'll tell you why. Like when when people say that, like you know. Indie wrestlers, when they come in, it's hard for them to work the WWE style. Um, it is because I, there, there is a lot of validity to that statement because the WWE style is definitely um, something that um, independent wrestlers do need to get used to. I think it's it's just a kind of different style and it's a little downplayed. Um, like it's just it's just a it's it's a less um, how do you, how do you call this? It's it's a less impactful style, um, but. Uh, Brian just that match showcased that he was just probably the best all around in, re in ring worker of all styles. Um, yeah. After Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I agree. I... Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Brian, Brian, uh, you know, Brian Batista Orton, mm -hmm. you know, certainly not the best Brian match you could have asked for, mm -hmm. um, but it was certainly the best Batista Orton match you could have asked for. <laughs> That's true. And it was certainly the best Daniel Bryan moment you could have asked for. Mm. Um, it was definitely the best Daniel Bryan moment you could ask for. Um, and, but for me, the moment uh, was, I'm sorry, it was 18 seconds. That 18 seconds encapsulated, and, and what more importantly, what followed before and after it, um, perfectly encapsulated what was wrong with WWE at the time. Because if you remember, that was back when we had once and twice in a lifetime. Oh. It was when Punk had the belt, but he was in the middle of the card. It was when they had Sheamus on the up and up, and they had Daniel Bryan, mm -hmm. who they had attempted to turn into a heel, mm -hmm. who was verbally abusing his on-screen girlfriend, mm -hmm. getting cheered over their babyface 
Jack uh, wrote it up, Superstar, who uh, just won the Royal Rumble. That, to me, and, and the fans responded. That, to me, encapsulated perfectly what was wrong with WWE at the time. Um, that's my favorite Daniel Bryan moment. Um, matches, yeah, definitely the Punk one, definitely the Triple H one. The Cena one mm-hmm. might, in, in terms of WWE matches, I think his Cena one might have been my favorite. That was um, a brilliant match. Just because that was, yeah, that was quite a moment for him too um his roh stuff uh and i think this is back to why like watching brian come up in roh was awesome Mm -hmm. um but i think the reason why i would have liked to have seen uh daniel bryan against some of the newer members of the rosters is because i saw what it did for some newer members of the roster and Mm -hmm. like guys who are just coming in and guys who made it to the top in roh because this was after Punk and Joe were gone, you know, and some other guys. So they were kind of in a rebuilding phase. Mm-hmm. And Brian had this weird aura about him. Uh, and it really wasn't believable that he could lose a match. And, you know, looking at him, you would if you looked at him on a poster, you would never think that. But you certainly would think... Um, Anybody in ROH knew Brian was not somebody to be fucked with. It was one of Seth Rollins, Tyler Black's first matches. I just went through this on a DVD. Um, it was one of his very early in his ROH career, and he just he had a singles non-title match against Brian, and nobody, I don't think, really thought much of Seth at the time. Um, they're standing in front of the ring, uh, and the whole crowd is chanting at Seth you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. Clap, 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 clap. They continue <laughs> to chant this for like five, they continue to chant this for like five minutes at Seth, who is new to the company, and then Brian goes out and he makes him look like a million bucks mm-hmm. in a non-title match as the world champion. He, you know, he, he never had to do that. I, I heard Seth talk about that in an interview once and how much that meant to him. Um, he had... Um, he made the careers in ROH of Austin Aries. Yes. They had a best of three, which they, those may be my favorite Brian matches of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, his series against Nigel McGuinness uh, was another one that I loved. Uh, and maybe my favorite one, and it might be biased because I love the other guy too, but was Homicide. When Homicide finally was like knighted, because he'd been around for a while. He'd been in and out of the company. He'd been in and out of TNA. You know, I don't know if anybody really looked at him and sort of thought that he could carry that pure wrestling style or whatever beyond that, you know, gangster gimmick that he had, even though he totally could. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Brian went out and Homicide ekes out a clean win against Brian and like one of the best matches either two have had. Like mm-hmm. that, that, I, I had so much fun watching those matches. So I think those are probably, those are probably my favorite Brian. That's probably my favorite Brian stuff. Um, Cause I'm such an Indian nerd. So that's just mine. Yeah, I mean those are very I good. Guess and and amazing that he made Nigel McGuinness look good. Um, it, like, you don't like Nigel, hey? No, I mean I, that could be a topic for another time. I, I like Nigel, but like TNA did him no favors. Let's just go that far. Well, no, you're right. TNA did TNA him did. no favors, but <laughs> he could have been. A, he did have some great matches in TNA with Kurt Angle before TNA decided that he was no good, even though the crowd told yeah. him otherwise. Yeah. And then he got the whatever infection. But yeah, no. Anyway, you're, you're it, it definitely. But that was the thing about Brian working with him made everybody look better. Yeah, he will be. That, so that was that was one thing that struck me about Brian. 
So before we close this out, we're going to go ahead and give the mic to uh, Ben uh, for his trash talk segment uh, and let him get in a few words about Daniel Bryan as well. So take it away. Trash, trash, trash talk. What's up, guys? This is Ben. Um, not going to talk so much trash today as I uh, talk about how much I appreciate Daniel Bryan. Um, that really was a really moving send-off on Raw, and he was just such a genuine and hard-working an awesome performer and it, it worked I mean it came out in everything that he did and um, it was just really really staggering to see um, but I couldn't help when he talked about being grateful um, and I wonder if some of you guys did too I couldn't help but to think about CM Punk um, a guy who many loop in the same ca uh, category in fact I would say that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were just the two of them an entire era of wrestling um i can't remember what do they call it the reality era or something weird like that but like you know you had two guys two of the best in-ring performers two of the best mic performers uh two guys that you know according to a guy like triple h um and vince mcmahon are are undersized but guys who were just so tremendous personality wise that they could not be denied and uh, both made huge impacts on this company but you know you saw the difference one of them left the company to do other things because he was dissatisfied with it um, whereas the other one uh, got injured out you know and, and it's really sad that that's how it happened the guy who stuck around the guy who wanted to give more and more and more and give everything he had just can't anymore but um but yeah just a beautiful send-off um loved hearing about all of his favorite moments and all the people that he got to work with and uh, hear him shine a little light on what uh, his experiences in the WWE were like and just his appreciation for the fans. And we do appreciate Daniel Bryan. He, um, for his dedication and his heart and uh, everything that he has done for the industry um, and like Rey Mysterio did for men who are below, you know, 5'11 or whatever um, and below 200 pounds. Uh, the things that he's been able to do are, are beyond compare. Um, and they show that sometimes uh, when the fans really, really get behind a superstar and they don't let up, uh, sometimes the WWE listens. So uh, for future reference, you know, when, when we want to get behind somebody that we know is worth it, you know, especially as the IWC, we, we like to take sides and we like to flip-flop on people i mean we love ziggler one week we hate him the next week we love miz one week we hate him the next week we love owens one week hate him the next week you know let's just find these guys that we know deserve that push and just really get behind them all the way and stick with them um because you never know they may turn out to be the next daniel bryan all right boys i will see you later i guess we can close this out with uh, just a couple of words about daniel bryan uh uh it was a million to one shot that could not have been more fun to watch. Um, as an in-ring and outside of the ring performer, uh, I don't really think we could have asked for a lot more, and that is exceedingly rare. Um, and yeah, thanks, Daniel Bryan. We'll miss you. Uh, I'm sure there are a ton of performers that both Jonah and I absolutely love that would thank him as well. Um, I've seen a lot of that on, they posted a lot of the reactions on Twitter and stuff, which is really cool to read. And yeah, best of luck in whatever he tries to do next. And kudos to WWE for letting him have that amount of time 
uh, and handling it the way they did. That was cool to see. You don't get to see that a lot either. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, uh, Daniel. Yeah. You? We will, yeah, just thanks, Daniel. We'll miss you, but uh, thanks for everything. And I'm sure we will see you down the road a couple of times. And uh, good luck with everything. Look forward to it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks for listening to our little Daniel Bryan mini episode, everybody. Uh, we'll probably catch up after Fastlane. Definitely. All right. Keep trashing. All right. Keep trashing.